Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Hello, everyone. It is August 8th, 2016, and you are listening to Locked On Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Philip Rossmanreich. I am the editor of OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and I hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. A lot of Olympic sports going on. We'll talk about those in just a little bit. Uh, Just a quick reminder, you can find us on iTunes. Uh, Download us to your iTunes-enabled listening device automatically every single weekday uh, that we do the podcast. You can also find us on Audioboom and Stitcher to anywhere that you could want to find a podcast. We are probably there. Uh, Not SoundCloud yet. I'm still figuring out some SoundCloud stuff and still getting us through uh, the rest of this offseason. Again, I'll be continuing to make cosmetic changes to the podcast as as we get closer to the season and continuing to improve things. On today's show, though, we're going to talk a little bit about the best and worst case scenarios for the Magic this season. I know there's been, I know I've gotten into it with a few with a few fans and a few readers and listeners about where we see this team going, and so I uh, just want to lay out some of those some of those scenarios that that we discussed uh, a little bit on the site, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about. Um, how the what the team still needs to do and, and kind of ignoring expectations which have not been very kind in the Magic so far and I know have gotten some Magic fans a, a little frustrated as well. But first, we do want to hit some of the early Olympic results. The men's basketball tournament uh, started on Saturday. Uh, the U.S. easily dominating China uh, by a score that is probably not even worth repeating. Uh, it was... A really, I mean, it's the kind of performance you expect from the U.S. Uh, it had its moments where they got a little sloppy, but when they turned it on in the in the first quarter and the second quarter, and began dominating uh, the play, it was just it, there was no point to the to, to playing the game anymore. Uh, that's just kind of what the U.S. is going to do. They're gonna just overwhelm teams with their with their pace, with their uh, with their depth, with with pretty much everything that they they do, I mean that's 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 the plain truth of it. Is they're just that much talented than everybody else in the field, and they're going to continue to to really just dominate teams like that. Now uh, tonight they play Venezuela. That is a six o'clock game. It'll be on NBC SN. Uh, should be a really intriguing game. Um, it should be a. Uh, you know, frankly, it should be a, a game that uh, I'm trying to get the score here. Sorry, uh, it should be. It should. I mean, it's not going to be a super intriguing game. I think the U.S. should dominate it pretty easily. Venezuela is kind of an upstart team. Uh, they they surprised a lot of people by winning the uh, by winning in in the tournament of the Americas last week in the FIBA America Championship. Uh, so. You know they're going to be a little bit overmatched, and I think we're going to see that very early. I would suspect the U.S. is going to win running away pretty easily. Uh, of, let me just get the score in. Uh, U.S. defeated China one nineteen to sixty two. Uh, just really, just again, dominant performance 
uh, by the U.S. team. No chance at all for China. Uh, U.S. got a little three happy at times, uh, but you know I think that part is a little bit normal to be honest. Uh, I think that they, uh, you know, they're going to go through stretches where they don't seem to be dominating as much, but their defense will keep them in it. Their defense is going to be really, really key throughout the entire uh, throughout the entire tournament. So as it's been for the last few years, and and U.S. just puts the pressure on you and puts and just keeps it on you, and there's there's not, really not a lot you can do. So U.S. with an easy win on Saturday. Expect another one tonight against Venezuela. Uh, you know, all these games should be easy. Uh, Wednesday's game against Australia will be the interesting one, though. Uh, that'll be that'll be a uh, Australia played really, really well in upsetting uh, who they upset uh, France. They upset France in the in the opener, so that was a a big game. The the uh, game of more interest for Magic fans, though, uh, was. Uh, the game last night, Croatia defeating Spain, seventy-two to seventy. That you've probably seen the highlights by now. Uh, Croatia was down for most of this game. They made a nice comeback in the fourth quarter, led by Bojan Bogdanovic, uh, as well as Rocco Jukic. And uh, the final play is what's going to catch the highlights, of course, from everybody. Dario Saric coming from the weak side and blocking a layup, essentially by Pau Gasol as the shot as the final buzzer sounded. It was a a really impressive play by by Saric. Mario Hazonia, of course, as I've said about his Olympic Olympic appearances, he's not involved in the offense. He's not heavily involved in the offense at all. He scored five points, two of five shooting. Uh, did some nice things when he had the ball in his hands, but again, that's just not the role he plays on this team. He's there to kind of spread the floor and make jump make jumpers and. They don't pass it to him when he's they don't pass it to him when he's open. They don't do a good enough job sucking the defense in to get him open shots. So essentially Hazonia is just standing in the corner for, for most of the game on offense. So don't expect any different stat lines from him. Uh what I will say is I, I did when he did have the ball, I was I was impressed with some of the things he did. Uh, he did a good job. Uh he had a his highlight of the game was was a three at the end of the first half. He Got the ball on the wing, did a, did a little jab step, side dribble to the right, and nailed a kind of falling away three uh, to to give Croatia a to put Croatia down six at the half. Uh, he also did a really good job, I thought, of uh, playing defense. Uh, he was guarding Juan Carlos Navarro, and again, kind of off the ball. He didn't really get a chance to defend on the ball too much. Thought he chased a little bit too much at times, um, and. Kind of overran his his uh, his uh, con- his contests sometimes, uh, but overall recovered really well. and And you can read my my review of his performance uh, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I gave him a B minus. Uh, just still some things wanting, still some things to improve, but overall uh, a very solid performance from him. Obviously, his team got the win, and that's what's most important. Um, a lot for Hazonia still to work on, and, and when he gets his opportunities to score, he's got to take advantage of them. And for the most part, I thought he did that well uh, uh, on in Sunday's game. So Croatia is back in action Tuesday night. That game will be at eight thirty, I believe. Let me double check that for you all. Uh, Croatia will play uh, uh, Argentina, I believe, uh, coming up next uh, on Tuesday. Yes, Croatia is going to play Argentina at 9:30. That game is not on TV. It'll be on 
the Olympic Basketball Channel if you get it, or it will be streaming live on NBCOlympics.com. So be sure to check that out. Okay, on to our main topic of discussion today, and that is best and worst case scenarios for the Orlando Magic. I think, and I'll touch on this a little bit too, but I think there is a lot of optimism about this Magic team. And and maybe there, there should be some optimism. Uh, there's definitely, uh, I, I sense definitely that the team has improved. Uh, they've, they've got the identity now set with, with their defense. Frank Vogel is a very, very good coach. Uh, and they, they've taken steps to put themselves further in the playoff conversation and, and, and move the team forward uh, even just a, a tiny bit. Um, this is a group that has been searching for a, a clear identity and has been trying to take that next step. But, and so obviously it, it being the summer and, and fans being fans, there's, there's a lot of optimism that, yeah, this is all going to work out. Um, and it can't. I mean, I, I've, told, I've told everyone this, that, you know, I could see this team winning 45 games and making the playoffs. I could see this team winning 30 and being a huge disappointment. And I think that's where there's a lot of disconnect, or that's where there's a lot of um, that's where there's a lot of uh, issues with the way this this magic team is constructed, or, or trying to figure out what this magic team is going to do. Because I don't think any of us really know. There are still so many questions about the magic and. What's going to happen this year? I think we're all just eager to see something happen. So, you know, there are a few scenarios that that can play out. And if they play out one way, then the team takes a step forward. If they play out another way, then, you know, they're kind of stuck where they are. The first scenario, of course, uh, the best case scenario is that the core emerges. You know, I think the biggest question facing the Magic is who's going to take on the offensive mantle and which young players are going to step up. They're expecting big things from Aaron Gordon. And and to this point, he really, and, and I think where a lot of healthy skepticism comes from, is to this point, Aaron Gordon hasn't proven that he's a core guy or that he can play those big, meaningful minutes. And he has to do that in order to, in order, he has to do that in order for the Magic to take that step up. So let's say Gordon takes the step up and becomes a, a, a player who looks like he can turn into an All Star within a, within a year or two. If that happens, yeah, the Magic are in much better shape. All of a sudden, they they all of a sudden look like they're on their way to something special, or they've got something special in there, and. and that's not to say they don't have something special in Gordon now. I think they have something special in Gordon, but it's unclear what that is. And so finding more definition to him is a big, big deal. So he can either develop into a, a, a not a go-to score, but a quality offensive player, and his defense makes him a legitimate, you know, a legitimate two-way player. Or he could, you know, kind of stay where he is, where he's a nice role player, but not someone who can start. And that's why I think there's a lot of questions about starting him at small forward and um, 
starting him at small forward and saying, okay, this is where this is where he fits best? Is this where he's going to develop into that type of player? I think that's where a lot of those questions come from. The Magic will also need to see a lot more from Alfred Payton. And we're going to talk, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Alfred Payton later on in the week. We've got a few posts coming up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com talking about Payton's season and where he goes from here. But if Payton develops into a, you know, if Payton gets back to his rookie year levels and really becomes a stronger leader on the team, then the Magic, again, appear to be in much better shape. And that's, of course, a, a good thing for the team. That's, that's going to help the team push forward uh, in a meaningful way. These are two really, really big questions that could turn either way. We don't really know what Alfred Payton is quite yet. Again, he, he's had two years that seemed starkly different, conceptually at least. His first year, he was really, really good, showed a lot of promise. His second year, his stats kind of flatlined a little bit, and his defense regressed tremendously and, and hurt the team. So they need to see Alfred Payton get back to that rookie year level. And if that happens, good things can happen because as we saw last year, the Magic were probably at their best when Payton was playing at his best. Another thing that has to happen is obviously Frank Vogel has to come in and change the culture of the team and and set what this team's going to, to look like and how they're going to play. If he does that, then the Magic, again, look to be in better shape. And then, of course, they have to figure out how this front court's going to work. Can Nikola Vucevic play with Serge Ibaka? We've all theorized about it for so long. Can he actually do it? And that's a, that is, again, a huge question mark for this team moving forward. And so, we, I mean, we have to start getting some of these answers for sure. No doubt about it. The, the Magic have not answered these questions a- adequately yet. And, and there's no way for them to do it. It's just, they're just questions. So maybe the Biamba-Vucevic combo works. Maybe the Vucevic-Ibaka combo works. Maybe Ibaka takes a step up. It's certainly possible. And those are the best case scenarios. But what happens if it doesn't? What happens if Aaron Gordon doesn't reach that level? What happens if the offense that we all see to be a major problem isn't? And this is not, again, like, I'm not saying one thing's going to happen, one thing's going to not. It's going to be probably a combination of all of it. There's going to be nights where Aaron Gordon looks like a world beater probably, and, and, and maybe that's enough. But there's also going to be nights where... Uh, there's also going to be nights where maybe he looks like he did last year. And the offense is going to be a problem. There's, there's, there's not a lot of creation on this team. There's, there's, just, there's just not a lot of offensive creation on this team. And it's some, the scoring is going to have to come from somewhere. And I don't think anyone quite yet, and certainly no one quite yet knows where it, it's going to come from. And so the worst case is it doesn't work out. And then another worst-case scenario that the Magic have to at least be cognizant of is 
their focus on their big men, Biombo Vucevic question overcomes a team and it becomes a problem in the locker room or it becomes a problem elsewhere. Or Biombo Ibaka really don't work together defensively. Or Ibaka's take really taken that step back. I mean, again, these are all questions that we have to ask. It's, it's not a simple yes or no. These aren't simple yes or no's. These are not questions that we can answer fully today, for sure. They're questions that are going to come as training camp begins, but to think that all these questions will be answered yes or that you know there's no doubt that Aaron Gordon's going to take that next step I think is a little, it's, it's jumping the gun a little too much. I think that's, getting a little too far ahead of ourselves in some ways. And so that brings me, I guess, to another thing that I want to just talk very briefly about, and that is how the Magic are going to, what we need to be watching for, for the Magic to, to take these next steps and make sure that their best-case scenario happens. Because I think I'm eager to see games simply to answer some of these questions. I'm tired of talking in hypotheticals. I'm tired of, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are tired of, of wondering what's going to happen. We want to see what's going to happen. And so October can't get here fast enough. But it's pretty clear that sort of like, sort of like me, not completely like me, but sort of like me, a lot of people tend to believe there are just simply too many questions to invest in, and push forward fully on the magic. It's not that, I mean, a lot of people are kind of saying, a lot of like national people are saying, well, what are the magic doing? Well, I won't say that it's completely unclear what the magic are doing. It's pretty clear what they were trying to do. They're, they're, just, they're, they're just banking, they're putting all their chips on the defensive end, uh, moving, some, moving some guys that they weren't willing to keep and trying to get to the playoffs by saying defense will get us in. And maybe that's a strategy that can work, but there's a healthy amount of skepticism about it. As, as I've kind of outlined, there, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered that we don't quite know how they're going to turn out. But none of this should matter for the Magic. It shouldn't matter that, you know, I, that I say they're going to win 40 games, and that's beginning to be where I'm landing, just, just as a preview. I haven't really thought about it too hard, but I've, I've got them finishing about 500, which to me is a good season, but I don't, I don't know if that's enough for a lot of people. A lot of other expectations have them finishing 13th in the East, which could be 35, 36, 37 wins. Again, is that enough? But none of that matters for the Magic. They, they, like, I mean, they're, they're, of course, they're going to say, you know, we don't listen to the noise, we don't listen to... What other what, what outside forces say, as they should. They, they should say that. Why wouldn't they say that? What what I see though is the magic have to come together. They really have to be in a bubble during training camp. They have to focus on what they need to do and what their coaches are telling them. They need to buy in. And I think we're going to know what this season's going to be in the very first two months of the season. 
and, and maybe that's similar to last season, but I think January, I think uh, November and December, we're going to learn a lot about, I mean, we're going to learn everything there is to know about this team and know just how good they can be or how good they're going to be. Because frankly, if they don't perform in those first two months of the season, the Magic, I think, are going to remain aggressive. And they should remain aggressive. This isn't, I mean, I, I wrote kind of a throwaway column about it, uh, talking, you know, kind of about how the Magic are still going to be involved in, in major trade discussions. And a lot of people don't like Blake Griffin for some reason. And I don't think the Magic have the assets to get Blake Griffin. Uh, but they should certainly make a call because this team is still lacking a driving force. It's been a complaint all all offseason long that the Magic didn't get a star. They didn't uh, kind of fill that need because maybe there wasn't one to, one to grab. And so it's going to be a lot of offense by committee, which, which is perilous but, but doable. The Magic are going to keep looking around. They've got the flexibility. Ibaka and Green are... $27 million of, de- of free agent cap space, of expiring contracts. Those don't have as much value as they used to, but they still have value. And so if something doesn't work out with either of them, the Magic will be shopping, as they should. You should never be satisfied with the, you should never be completely satisfied with the roster that you have. There's always a little bit more you can do. And I think the Magic are going to be proof of that. That they can always do just a little bit more. And I think we'll, we'll continue to hear rumors throughout the year. I don't think those are going to go away. We know Vucevic is kind of on the trade block by depth chart proxy. Um, you'll, have, you'll have a chance to prove himself, though. But the Magic are in this weird place. They're in this very, very weird place. Because it's clear there is tremendous pressure to make the playoffs this year. I was in a discussion with some some people in the comments section. They seem to think that I'm not bought in with the direction the team is going. And and I am bought in. Like, I, I, I like the direction the team is going. I really like the direction this team is going. But I don't like that it all has to happen this year. If they miss the playoffs, I don't think there's going to be a direction. I think they're going to they're going to restart in a major way. I mean, I don't know exactly what the plan is beyond this year. All I know is that they have this year. The last few years we could say, "Okay, they're going to try and do this and then try and do that." as they improve. Like, you could see a clear progression, and now they've kind of hit this flashpoint where they've got to do it this year. And, I, and again, there are, there are so many questions about this team. I'm not willing to commit that they're going to succeed in their goal. And I think that's the, the, the general problem with the Magic today. Is we just do not know if they will be able to succeed in achieving their goals. And so that's where we sit today uh, in, in early August thinking about this Magic team is they've got some, they could, be, they could be really good on defense and that could be enough. Or they could continue to have some struggles 
be 500 or so team and maybe fall short of the goal that they need to reach to to call this season a success. So definitely still some work to do for the Orlando Magic. I want to thank everyone again for listening to Locked On Magic. We'll be back uh, all week uh, with some more uh, with some more comments and questions. Um, uh, obviously, a lot still going on. Um, a lot still going on with the Magic, even though it is uh, the off season and the dead point of the season. We'll be watching the Olympic basketball team, of course, both the U.S. and Croatia a little bit. Uh, Enjoy those games. They've been a lot of fun. Uh, the the Lithuania, uh, Lithuania, uh, who'd they play? Shoot. Lithuania scored a, a huge win and nearly nearly blew the game. Blew the game. I am blanking on who they played, but that was a a really really fun game to watch. Uh, Australia's game against, uh, oh God, who they play. Australia's game against France was was a lot of fun to watch, even though France just did not look awake. Uh, they really missed Evan Fournier. Uh, but enjoy all the Olympic basketball. Enjoy all the basketball. We do have meaningful basketball going on uh, as we wait for the schedule to come out and wait for the season to begin uh, with training camp at the end of September. Be sure to check me out. Uh, I was on the Almighty Baller podcast. Uh, you can I'll post a link to it on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, but if you go to Almighty Baller, A-L- M-I-G-H-T-Y-B-A-L-L-E-R.com. Uh, you can check me out on a podcast there talking about the magic season and uh, some of the, some of the again, some of these questions that we've been asking all summer about the direction this team is going and, and whether they will, they will succeed. And uh, good, I had a good conversation uh, with them over there, so be sure to check that out, the Almighty Baller Podcast with Chris Axman. Uh, you, can, you can check that out. I'll, I'll post a link on Twitter as well as uh, put it on orlandomagicdaily.com. That will do it for me today. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to Locked on Magic. We'll be back again tomorrow with uh, another episode, and so I will see you then. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.